Hello and welcome to the first edition, the hype edition of ESPN Scrum Resets. It's our new rugby pod for the 2021 Southern Hemisphere season. It's Sam Bruce, Associate Editor of ESPN.com.au with you. And I've got a special guest, Christy Doran of Fox Sports and the 15 fame joining us for this season to go through all the preview, the review, the big storylines, the talking points and everything in between. Christy, welcome aboard. How is this, the new hype episode of uh, Super Rugby AU 2021? We, we didn't know if we'd ever get there, but it's great to be here. A brand new era of Australian rugby in particular, a brand new era of Southern Hemisphere rugby, really, like with the influx of the Argentinians down under in Australia, and we'll get to that in a moment. It's exciting and it's exciting for the Western Force to be back here as well. Sure is, Christy. And uh, yes, yeah, Super Rugby AU, of course, kicking off Friday night, double-headed to get things underway. We know we're back on free-to-air. Uh, you can't have missed Stan Sport out there in the marketplace because they have been everywhere. I think everyone's pumped for this new era to begin. Uh, and we're certainly pumped to bring you a new podcast, uh, ESPN Scrum Reset. Uh, yes, we get the irony. Anyway, Christy, let's get into it. Um, mate, a nice, easy one to get going here. Uh, what are you most looking forward to uh, about the first round this weekend? Oh, isn't it set up perfectly with Queensland and New South Wales playing on Friday night? It's going to be on free-to-air television. And look, let's be honest, I'm at Fox Sports, but this is great to see what rugby can do. Uh, we know that Raylan Castle, the former CEO, and many CEOs have talking about what would it be like if rugby was on free-to-air TV. And let's be honest, this is the first opportunity. It's going to be up against uh, the tennis, the semifinals. Uh, so how many people tune in, we'll see. But for me, I think it's great. Uh, a brand-new commentary team. Um, the Western Force are going to be playing on the Saturday night. I'm excited to see how they go in particular because they've got that many recruits that they've brought in. Tim Sampson there at the Western Force, Matt Hodgson. Uh, the two of them have done a great job. So for me, uh, the Western Force is going to be great to see given that they didn't, unfortunately, they didn't win last year, but they came close on a number of occasions. Can they turn those small, narrow defeats into to wins? What, what about yourself, Sammy? Yeah, immediately, mate. That that looks. Um, I agree with you there. Though. Just the the changed nature of that Western Force team, and particularly that bench, uh, when you've got a guy like Richard Kahui there listed among the replacements. Um, that centre pairing of uh, Kyle Godwin and Tavita Kurandrani, I think, um, you know, that's that's potentially world class. Uh, they both guys have played Test footy, and um, I think we've all been waiting for for Kyle Godwin to really step up and fulfil his potential for a while. Um, I'm really looking forward to see just what kind of rugby this Reds team can play. I know we've had the the late scratching of Sildiasi Vunavali, which is a shame. I think, you know, there would have been a few extra eyeballs, uh, even on top of the ones that are going to come back this weekend to see big Sully go around. But just the uh, the absolute quality of that Reds backline, I think, now with Hamish Stewart and Pattaya, um, sorry, Pattaya shifting to the wing, uh, and Hunter Paisami, who finished the year so brilliantly last year with the Wallabies, um, virtually... Uh, charting quite a, an amazing season there as uh, almost a, an extra squad member and then finishing up as a, as a starting Wallaby centre. There's a lot of firepower in that back line. We saw the RC Vernavalo to come back. Uh, Pattaya, for me, I'm really looking forward to, for a response from him after a pretty ordinary finish, you'd have to say, last year. That game at Bankwest in the wet was an unhappy night. I'm sure a massive learning curve for him. So, yeah, I think the Reds will hit the ground running in a big way this weekend and um, be interested to see if the 
the Waratahs can stay with them. Uh, what about in terms of uh, across the lineups, Christy? Anything that stood out for you, one player in particular that um, perhaps uh, isn't starting, whether you thought they'd be or, or a selection there that's, that's taken you by surprise? Oh, well, you, you look at the Queensland Reds and there's a couple of people that are on the bench, namely, what, Taniela Tupo, is it? There's, there's no even Brandon Pangaramosa, who was the Wallabies hooker last year. So you, th- you think, oh, is that just because they're easing them into the season? And, and that's most likely. Let's be honest, Taniela Tupo played the most minutes as, as a front rower last year in the Super Rugby AU competition and then played in, in all the test matches how we see the, the progression of Taniela Tupo is almost a barometer of Australian rugby this year because Taniela Tupo, when he burst onto the scene um, with those, those highlight reels out of New Zealand, quickly became into that, that Queensland side. 2017 makes his debut for the Wallabies against Scotland over uh, up at Murrayfield. Um, but we still haven't been able to see back-to-back consistent performances. We've seen that at super rugby level. Can we see him take his aim to a new level? For me, that's the big one. Taniela Tupo in 2021. Uh, but not only that, Will Harrison. How is that guy going to go a really exciting left-footed number 10 behind a Waratahs pack that really isn't so much of a pack, but a side that desperately needs some big boppers, namely in the second row. Their back row is mobile. It's lean, but we know that you can't just have a back row that's lean. You need to have some some strength, um, some set-piece dominance. I don't know if the Waratahs will get anywhere near that in 2021. That's the concern. Um, the Brumbies, they're exciting. And Jerome Brown is probably the player I'm most looking forward to seeing in 2021. I've spoken about him a little bit in the past. We saw in 2019 he made his debut. He went off the grid last year in 2020. Jerome Brown has come back. He's very, very fit. And I know that Dan McKellar and Laurie Fisher are extremely excited that if this guy stays fit, he could be a Wallabies bowler in 2021. Sam, um, we know that you have an astute mind, uh, former halfback yourself. What are you thinking is going to happen in 2021? Who are you looking forward to seeing? Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, particularly this weekend, a guy, uh, let's talk about our Argentine uh, contingent Thomas Cabelli coming off the bench over there and and really adding some spark to that Western Force team late in games. I think we we reflect to last year and sure there were a couple of, of blowouts towards the end of the year against the Reds um, on the Gold Coast there springs to mind but just the quality of that bench now and a guy like Cabelli coming on um, sniping around those bigger forwards we know there's a change in the laws there around a few extra quick uh, free kicks for, for scrum resets and balls going out on the full from from kickoffs and those goal line dropouts. And he's a guy that can really exploit that along with certainly Tate McDermott at the Reds. Um, so Cabelli coming off that bench over there for the force late on alongside Kahui. Um, John Lance gets the start over there. Jake McIntyre um, on the bench there as well. A guy you've spoken with already in the preseason. Intrigued to see what he can do after a couple of years away. So uh, you, you look across the board and, and there's just any number of kind of movements and selections and, and uh, just genuine um, uncertainty around how these guys are going to play ahead of this round one. And I think that adds to the intrigue. Um, what about a big call for round one, Christy? Um, is there going to be a massive upset? Is there going to be a big win? Um, or certainly something on the field that you think, um, judging from, from what you've seen elsewhere in the world lately, that uh, we should expect in, in week one? Well, speaking to Tim Warren today, and I'll, I'll name drop Tim, but uh, he no, was Tim. very... 
G'day, Tim. He was very impressed with how the Waratahs performed during that that preseason trial against the Reds up at Narrabri just the other week. And oh, I think the Waratahs will be conditioned much better than that what they were a year ago. They know their structures much more because, let's be honest, last end of 2019, not only did the Waratahs have Andrew Hall, the CEO, pack up and leave the Tars, but Daryl Gibson resigned suddenly too. And then on the eve of the Super uh, of 2020, um, Steve Tandy, the defence coach, also gets signed up from with Scotland and, and a trade with Matt Taylor, who becomes the Wallabies head coach. And the Waratahs are left with very not only um, five or six key players going overseas, but their coaching structure has been harmed and they were nowhere near what they should have been. We started to see the Waratahs show a little bit um, come the, the, the Super Rugby AU season. I don't know if the Waratahs will uh, will beat the Reds. I don't think they will, but I think they'll probably surprise a few people uh, given that the Reds have the favouritism. For the first time in since the Ewan McKenzie era, the Reds are favourites. They're really their favourites to take out the Super Rugby AU comp. How will they handle Brad Thorne's baby Reds handle the pressure? I think that'll be interesting and it will also probably be telling with what happens with the Wallabies because if the Reds do do well, the likes of James O'Connor and so forth will have another year as as the Wallabies 10, you'd probably think. Uh, but is that necessarily strategically long-term the best thing for Australian rugby when you've got Will Harrison and Noel Alessio, who are really, you'd hope, would kick on from their first year? So that there's an intriguing element there. I also think the Brumbies won't quite be there. I think these two games, they'll be closer than what people think. Interesting, interesting. I'm going to go a little bit differently and I'm going to look at the laws. And if I've got one big fear for this weekend, um, I don't know if you've been watching the Six Nations, Christy, I'm sure you probably have, and a few others out there as well. I'm really concerned that uh, the new clean-out interpretation or certainly a focus on that part of the game, which has already resulted in two red cards up there, uh, one to uh, Peter Omani in that Irish-Wales game the first week, and then... The Scotsman, uh, Ferguson, I think it was, uh, at the weekend, uh, also showing his marching orders. And we saw Michael Hooper get caught up in this, uh, also going back to that that Bankwest game to finish last year against Argentina. He got 10 minutes in the bin. Um, but clearly this kind of clean-out where, you know, players are only getting it slightly marginally wrong, uh, perhaps not having that, that arm fully wrapped for that clean-out um, or players just lifting up at the wrong time, um, connection with the head has been a red card. And... That's my one great fear for this weekend. I hope the rugby's of a, of a high-quality nature. I hope the referees play their part and we see plenty of open rugby. But I feel like that that is the one thing hanging over it this weekend, that it could be a red card for, for an incident like that because clearly that seems to be a focal point up north and it would not surprise me, um, knowing World Rugby, if they've handed that order down to both Super Rugby AU and Super Rugby Aotearoa as well. It, it's a good point because not only um, have we seen that in the Six Nations and, and Wales have benefited from it both times, but we know that in Australian rugby, which desperately needs um, coverage, uh, that needs publicity, which is now on Channel 9, which usually has been the rugby league's domain, that there will be a few extra people probably intrigued to see what this rugby union game is all about. We know when it comes to high tackles, and I personally think it's great the world rugby's um, how they've they've clamped down on high tackles. But around the ruck uh, and breakdown infringements is still one of the great 
mystery kind of areas that one week it's penalised and, and the next it's not. There will be a lot of people that are confused and will probably switch off from the game if there is a red card that spoils the party early on because we just don't see red cards ever really handed out in rugby league. No, certainly not. I agree. There's going to be an adjustment period there for sure. Now, uh, we've gone over time already for our hype episode one podcast. Um, make this short, mate. Why? You know, who wins Super Rugby AU? Who wins it all and why? Quickly. The the Reds are the favourites, but I, I'm backing the Brumbies. And I think that because the Brumbies program, Dan McKellar made the decision not to join the Wallabies because he wanted to leave the Brumbies in a good place. We haven't heard of an Australian coach do that for a long, long time. And not only does that mean that he's got a vested interest in the Brumbies post Dan McKellar, but he also means that, that the playing group respects Dan McKellar. And I think that's a great thing. They've got depth in the forwards. They've got options at number 10. If James O'Connor goes down for the Reds at 10, who do they turn to? Bryce Haggerty, perhaps, but they don't really have a, a backup 10. The Brumbies have got three 10s. They've got Bailey Quinzel, we saw last year. Rajan Pasatoa, who's the best young 10 going around. And, and obviously Noah Alessio, who we saw glimpses of with the Wallabies, but we certainly didn't see the best of him when he made his debut at the Olympic Stadium in an embarrassing affair. But I think, I think the Brumbies... There you go. Well, I'm going the Reds. I think uh, they can build uh, from last year's effort and go one better. I like the makeup of their back line. I think Taniela Tupu, despite starting on the bench this weekend, I think he can go to another level again. Um, Lucan Salakai Loto will come back from uh, his red card in that Bankwest game in a couple of weeks. Uh, sure, they're going to miss Liam Wright, um, but Angus Scott Young is a pretty handy replacement there for me on the side of the scrum at number six and really looking forward to what Fraser McGright can do this year as well. Got a little bit of a taste of Test Rugby. Uh, he knows Michael Hooper isn't there this year. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that debate later in the season. That's one to look forward to. But I'm tipping the Reds to go one better this year in a Reds-Brumbies final in what, let's face it, is shaping up to be a really exciting year for everyone involved in Australian rugby. Um, look, been great bringing you on board, uh, Christy, for this episode one. Uh, we're going to get back into it in a fortnight's time. Uh, a few guests through the year, um, which uh, I'm sure uh, will really whet the appetite for for some debate around the game, uh, the news items that are that are bubbling away across uh, rugby in general and uh, and everything else that goes with it. So thanks, mate, and uh, look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Great to chat. Cheers.